Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. Today, within the Liberal Cube is Movie Monday. Move over Monday, it's Movie Monday. Today, without the Liberal Cube, which sometimes I divulge and sometimes I do not, it is Monday as well. Meh. Mondays. It looks like somebody's got a case of them. Mm. Something I like to say at the top of every show, but I do believe is very, very important on particularly a movie Monday, is that there will be spoilers. I will spoil movies and say whatever I want. I do this for two reasons. One, it is easier to not censor yourself and just say whatever comes to mind. And B, whenever I listen to a podcast that focuses on movies, uh, I like it more when they have that same freedom and don't try to do a spoiler-free version. It just comes out better doing it that way. Period. A full stop. Uh, another thing I like to say, or rather say in an effort to grow my audience, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No! It's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in the old iTunes, because that is what helps podcasts grow the most. Ah, shoot, I forgot to check, but I do believe I still need two more Canadians, as I am a Canadian, uh, to rate in iTunes in order for my rating to show up within iTunes. So thank you for Americans to do that, who have done that, uh, I'd like to say, perhaps even pridefully so, that uh, I have an average five-star rating in the um, American iTunes store. I haven't checked other countries. Maybe I'll do that one day. Hmm. Interesting. Thought. Uh, other than the Canadian store, just because that is the store that I am logged into, because I am Canadian, so I check from time to time because I want that reading to show up in Canada. I will stop saying this if two more people do that. So, there you go. That will take us to, of course, the last piece of podcast-related business which is today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is another in the series of Four Dummies books. You know them, you love them. And it is crime drama script writing for dum-dums. Once again, today's sponsor is crime drama script writing for dum-dums. Okay, movie, the first, is a little, uh, little film, film, little doc, little documentary, available for your viewing pleasure on iTunes, on iTunes, on Netflix even, available in, I think I've said this before, and I'm pretty sure it is accurate, available in Canadian Netflix, which probably means it is also available in United States Netflix, because they are different. Unfortunately, the title of this movie is That Guy 
who was in that thing. I believe I have heard of this movie before I saw it. It was, oh, I'll point this out because I like to when it happens. Um, something Netflix does is that if you rate movies on Netflix, it will give you sort of what it thinks, what what Netflix computers will think will be your sort of top ten movies that you have not seen. Uh, I have come to learn and trust this service very, very, uh, very, very highly, so I don't think it's led me astray yet. So I recommend, if you are a Netflix user, to go in there and just rate a bunch of shit and then watch movies that it decides you will like. This one, uh, how about on that note, just give out my rating of uh, a four or five. Yeah, very much enjoyed it. It's basically, it follows, oh, I think it was 16, but I didn't write it down, I, I realized. Uh, follows 16 different actors, and I, I don't know if you call them, how you, how you would describe them, actors that, if you look at their faces, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know that guy, but probably don't know their names, uh, and sort of as the title indicates, uh, you know, it's that guy in that thing. They're, they're kind of hard to place. Actors who perhaps get a, a fair amount of work, but all their roles are sort of, <laughs> I guess there's the saying, there's no small roles, but... The roles are kind of small. <laughs> I didn't write down all 16 names, but I did write down some of them, just to give you an idea. And I'm usually... I'm very good with faces, so I think I recognize every single one of them. But names I'm not so great with. So uh, if you, like me, are not good with names, you probably have to Google these names in order to know who I'm talking about, would be my guess. So some of the actors are uh, Xander Berkeley who uh, you may know from 24. Uh, I kind of wrote down, uh, I went on each of their IMDb pages and, and kind of basically wrote down where I know them from most or where I thought people would probably most likely know them from, just based on my thought process. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that will be. Uh, next was uh, Bruce Dav Davison, Bruce Davison, who you may know from X-Men. He played the, was the president I can't remember. Uh, Zach Grenier, Grenier, mm -hmm. who you may know from Law and Order, Dum Dum. Um, Paul Gilfoyle, who you may know from CSI. Gregory Itzen, who you may know from Twenty Four. Robert Joy, who you may know from CSI New York. Matt Malloy, who you may know from Law and Order, Dum Dum. Uh, Mark. Rolston, who you may know from the movie Aliens, Lethal Weapon 2, Shawshank Redemption. I think he kind of I knew the most out of all these guys. And lastly, uh, William Morgan Shepard, who you may know. I know him from Voyager. Also did a voice, quite a, quite a bit of voice acting, this guy, uh, including the show Gargoyles, which is one of those shows that, goddamn. Uh, I've always looked for on DVD, but I've never been able to find. So, Jordan, maybe make another go of finding Gargoyles on DVD. Mental note to myself. Uh, so the documentary just sort of follows their trials and tribulations, kind of uh, how they all got started. It, it seems that the interviewee would sort of ask them all the same set of questions, and then it would jump around between all 16 of them and then uh, answer the, the same set of questions. And, and I like that idea, because that way you get many different viewpoints on the same subject. It's not 
every single person is a different interview. One thing, I think with the exception of one person, they all sort of pointed out that the audition process is horrible, <laughs> which I can imagine. It's like a, it is a job interview, a job interview where you have to act. Well, although I guess when you do an actual job interview, there's probably some acting involved as well. But part, it's almost as if being an actor, part of your job is constantly doing job interviews. So uh, very, very stressful and just sounds like hellish, very hellish. Um, because these guys are not, for the most part, working constantly and making millions of dollars, they have to be pretty pretty smart with their money, so that adds another layer of stress. So uh, quite often they'll work, and then won't work for a month, and then they'll get a job, and then they'll have another month, maybe two months, and they won't work, and it's on and off, very sporadic, so hard to, hard to uh, plan ahead, I guess, working like that. I, I don't think, even from that point of view, it would be, it'd be tough on your psyche, your money psyche. <laughs> I think my favorite part of this movie is how... They did a, a little section where they pointed out that all actors sort of within this realm, I think, I'm not sure if it was every single one of the 16, but definitely the majority have worked on Star Trek, uh, various Star Trek TV shows and uh, in the court, in movies, in the case of some of them. So obviously I love that. And they pointed out all the roles in them and showed little uh, screenshots from Star Trek of these various actors and their various Star Trek roles, so it's like, oh yeah, he was in that. Oh yeah, I remember that episode. So it kind of really kicked my brain into overgear seeing all these guys and just, oh yeah, doing one of those where your voice goes up like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember him in that. Uh, one of the sort of blessings and perhaps curses of this sort of format of working is that they have a lot of downtime, so pointed out it's a good idea to have a hobby because you'll go sort of long stretches with nothing to do and if all you are doing is sitting around waiting for the next job you will go insane uh, that was something else that sort of popped up that to do this for your living you have to be crazy <laughs> and uh, a lot of them pointed out that yes they are crazy lovely okay so that'll move us on to movie the seconds also, uh, you know what, on this note, also available on Canadian Netflix for your viewing pleasure. It is called Alpha Dog. I think I do vaguely remember hearing about this when it came out uh, a couple years back, I guess it was. Why don't I throw out my rating of... I'll go between three and four. Yeah. So threes I use for uh, enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. But there were some uh, four enjoyable four moments in this, definitely. It is based on a true story, loosely based, or I don't. I always assume loosely based when they say based on a true true story because uh, the writers are obviously gonna do things to a true story to interesting it up a bit. Mm -hmm. Yes. That happened in uh, 99-2000. Basically, let me boil it down for you. Uh, it is the story of a drug dealer who had um, sort of an underling, I guess how you could say it, who owed him money and was unable to pay. As you can imagine, he was not too happy with this. Uh, it came to blows, not jobs, 
fisticuffs. And um, then the guy who owed the drug dealer money sort of lost his shit and ended up just going crazy, fighting him, robbing from his house, taking a dump on his carpet. (laughs) See, did that part happen in the true story, or did they add that? Probably added that, because, yeah. Although he was pretty crazy in this movie, and I assume some crazy in real life. So then the drug dealer, sort of not even planned, just a a moment of opportunity arose in which he saw this guy's brother, younger brother, kind of walking around and decided, hey, I want my money. This guy's a dick and not going to give it to me. Oh, there's his brother. Why don't I kidnap him? The wheels were in motion from then on, and that's sort of the... The underlying story is what happened and how it went horribly, horribly awry. Uh, The drug dealer's father is played by Mr. Bruce Willis, and it's sort of, uh, I guess, intimated that he is in organized crime. That's kind of the, the feel you get, I guess. And he's the one kind of backing this operation. I didn't recognize the actor who played the drug dealer guy, but I did recognize the crazy owes money to the drug dealer guy. Uh, shoot, I didn't write it down. You'd recognize him. I'm I'm positive if you IMDB this movie. He had, like, all, uh... It's kind of funny. He was apparently in the movie, he's Jewish, but he looked pretty much spot on with the skinhead, which I don't think there's too many Jewish skinheads out there. Uh, His younger brother, though, however, was played by Mr. Anton Yelchin, who... I don't know if between this and Star Trek did any movies, but plays Chekhov in the Star Trek reboot, so uh, I wrote it down. That's funny now, because twice in two movies, I've talked about Star Trek. Uh, I should, and probably won't remember, because I'm going to be at work and do eight hours of work soon, uh, try to fit in talk of Star Trek in every single one of these reviews. Can it be done? I will probably forget to do so. So uh, this kid, because he's a 15-year-old kid, ends up staying with Justin Timberlake, who's sort of one of the underlings of the drug dealer guy. Justin Timberlake, who ends up sort of befriending. Because it's never as if this guy is kidnapped and tied up and left in a dank cellar. No, no, no. This is why I like this movie. It's as if Justin Timberlake's just having him... Uh, over for a sleepover, and he's just hanging out, partying, doing drugs, getting drunk for the first time. Uh, at one point, and this is why, <laughs> this is why I'm surprised they killed. Oh, spoiler! Why they killed this young kid? Uh, at one point, the kid ends up having a threesome with two smoking hot girls because they're like, "Oh, you're kidnapped, are you? That's pretty hot. Girls like danger." which is why Danger is my middle name. Then the sort of word comes from the drug dealer that uh, basically we have no choice but to kill this kid because uh, if it gets found out that we kidnapped him, we're looking at life in prison. So they decide to kill him instead, in which case they get death. Uh, Yeah, didn't really make sense there. They tried to call it off at the last minute, but the wheels were already in motion and he was killed. Uh, they did as they do quite often in based on true stories movies. I think every time you have a movie based on a true story, the movie's going to end, and then you're going to have that little thing at the end where it like pops up with pictures of everybody and what happened after these events, that kind of thing. 
basically they were all either in jail for life or on death row because uh, they did get caught. Serves them right. Uh, I felt bad because the kid was just, he's like a, a sweet little kid experiencing life for the first time. I liked it. liked it very much. Did I get my rating of four? Three to four? All right, good. Folks, I'm going to do eight hours of work and come back for two more movies. Yay, that. Uh, one thing I do have to say, of course, and that is... I love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back! Back in action! Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I did it again! That's twice I've done that. Uh, it's... Mm. What I should have said is, hello again! Because that's what I always say when I come back from working eight hours to jump back into the podcast. I always say, hello again. However, twice now, uh, I have forgotten... And just basically started the podcast right at the beginning again. And that we don't want to do. Perhaps it is, and maybe you can hear this, the rain. The rain is coming down, and uh, it forces me to focus slightly more on driving than I normally would. So uh, that's what I'm going to blame. Hopefully, I think I may have developed some tricks to edit out rain. Here's hoping, here's hoping. It's almost, and this is kind of strange to say, it's almost best if it rains my entire drive home, but if it just sort of rains for a bit, and then stops, and then more, uh, that makes it even more difficult. So, I don't know, wish me luck with audio qualities and rain. Please, please and thank you. Probably speaking up helps me to do that. I assume. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Anyways, that will conclude Jordan's audio talk behind the scenes portion of this Movie Monday episode. Let's move back in, why don't we? Move to Movie the Third, which was called Plaza Suite. Uh, I should mention that I sort of realized... Whoa, man. <laughs> Jesus. I can I can barely even see. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to just try to go on like it's not even raining, and uh, hopefully that is a good thing. Yes. Plaza Suite. Okay, so what I've realized is every one of the four movies I've brought back are all available on Canadian Netflix, so sort of get that out of the way there. This movie stars Mr. Walter Matthau. I'm a huge Walter Matthau fan. Uh, probably know him more from his later work. Although, he's one of those guys where it's kind of like, did he do movies when he was a young man? Because just about every movie I see him in, he is um, old. <laughs> like, in this movie, was shot in 1971, I do believe. I didn't write it down, but I think that's what it said. Uh, and then I did a little math, and he was 51 years old, and that was in 71. So, as you can imagine, uh, was quite old towards the end of his career. Grumpy Old Men, for example. Awesome movie. Him and Jack Lemmon in anything. Just great, great stuff. The Odd Couple obviously springs to mind. Highly, highly, highly recommend that movie. The original Odd Couple, that is. Which is basically what Grumpy Old Men is. It's just The Odd Couple when they're old. Oh, 
some idiot <laughs> out cutting his lawn in this. Okay, well, good for you. It's got to get cut, I guess. Something I've kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, somewhat recently started doing, and I think I like doing, and I think works well, is uh, I used to, on Movie Mondays, basically all I would write down is the title of the movie, and that's pretty much it. Now, I'll go on IMDb, and maybe see if there's anything cool that says relating to the movie, maybe bring back some names, or some tidbits, things like that, because it's, uh, it's interesting to me. So I assume you listening to, oh, so you, who is listening to a movie-related podcast, may find things interesting as well, such as, this is actually, uh, was originally, I should say, uh, a Neil Simon play. So, from a play to a movie. And uh, that made me kind of curious. Do you think that format works? Um, how about on that note, I will throw out my rating of... 3 out of 5. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is a good 3, because I did enjoy it while watching it, at least most of it. But uh, I can never see myself re-watching, revisiting this. Basically what it is, uh, and sort of the reason I... It caught my eye, because it was an interesting premise. It's three completely separate stories that all take place in the same hotel room. Room... Oh, shit, shit, shit. Jesus. <laughs> room 719... Of the Plaza Suites of the or, yeah, room seven nineteen of the Plaza Hotel. Here it comes again. Some idiot up ahead of me must have slammed on their brakes too, because I had to. Which in rain like this is not a good idea. Slow down, sure, but to me to have to go from eighty to friggin' forty like that in this kind of rain. It's not good. It's worrisome. Oh, boy. <laughs> Too much rain-related talk. I apologize. It's just I, I assume you can hear it, and it's annoying me. Rain, rain, go away. Don't come back for another day. No, come back when I'm at home, safely, and not talking, on a podcast where you make it sound not as good. Yeah, okay, so three, maybe I'll just do this quickly. Three different stories all taking place in room 719 of the Plaza Hotel in New York City. So that right there kind of uh, caught my eye, sounded like it was being interesting. The only sort of connection is the room and the fact that Walter Matthau plays a different character in each of the... Uh, I think vignettes is a, is a way you could look at these, each of the individual scenes. So uh, the first one started out where it was him and his wife. They were not on their honeymoon. Their an it was their anniversary, their 23rd or 4th anniversary. And uh, they're staying in the hotel room that they stayed in 23 or 24 years ago. This is a couple that does not get along well. No, sir. Happy to say that their sort of interaction with one another has absolutely zero resemblance between the Mrs. and I, so uh, I like that, because it makes me think, um, if a relationship such as this is appearing in a movie, 
for, you know, millions of people to watch, you have to kind of assume that this is a relationship sort of dynamic that actually exists in real life, sort of pulling from reality to entertain the masses, if you will. So uh, I am glad and thankful that the missus and I are nothing like this couple. It's more sort of uh, him being a dick <laughs> than her being a dick. Yeah, basically. Uh, it comes about in a sort of explosive conclusion that he is having an affair with his secretary, and it's uh, basically kind of just them hashing it out. Drama ensues with a tinge here and there of comedy. So let's leave that scene behind, and apparently the rain behind, oddly enough, it looks like I'm headed into not clear skies, but less dark skies. Uh, and the next one, Walter Matho, yet again, is this time playing a sort of Hollywood big shot. He uh, originally lived, I guess, in Jersey, or Jersey, or New Jersey, whatever you prefer, and uh, moved to Hollywood, started creating pictures, as they used to call them back then. I mean the pictures, they might say. Someone might say that. I mean the pictures. I'm in pictures. It's what I do, darling. Ah, uh, yes. Don't know what that was. It was an impression of someone. Darling, I'm in the pictures. Come see me. I'm an actress. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know I could do that voice, hey? See, you learn something new every day, sometimes something new about yourself. Darling, I'm in the pictures. Come see me. Uh, basically, Walter Matho's M.O., in this one is that he's uh, flies into town from time to time and has sort of a little black book of women he will call to try to hook up with. Uh, this one is sort of a blast from his past, someone who he used to know, I guess, back in high school, it sounded like. And basically, the entire, again, we'll call it a vignette, is him trying to pick up this girl with um, a combination of success Limited success and no success. Uh, I think this was my favorite uh, of the three. The last one was Walter Matha once again. Is staying in this hotel room for a limited period of time as his daughter is getting married downstairs. However, his daughter has locked herself in the bathroom. Oh, no. And she's not going to come out no matter what. Uh, so 90%, 95 to 90-95%, whatever, of this particular one is Walter Matho and his wife trying to get their daughter to come out of the room so they can go uh, get her married off. He is pretty much mostly focused on all the money he's had to sort of dole out for this thing. And he is not a happy camper. This is uh, this one's good just because Walter Matho plays a very good angry man. So whenever you see him as a angry man, uh, you're in for some uh, some good times. Good times will roll. Moving on to the last movie of the day, which is called Man of the House. Man of the House of these movies, yes, of these three movies, is the only one I have seen before. Although it was Sunday, and I'm like. You know what? I need a good Sunday, Sunday. I need a good Sunday comedy, something to kind of turn my brain off a little bit in preparation of sleeping. 
to go to work and get back into the groove. That kind of thing. You know what kind of movie I'm talking about. And this was that. It has the feel of a 90s comedy, although I believe it was in the 2000s. It stars Mr. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones playing um, what I think you could call his character. His character that he plays, which is a grumpy guy. A man who does not like to have fun. But over the course of a movie, his heart sort of opened up to the idea that perhaps having fun is not such a bad thing after all. Hmm. Maybe a lesson gets learned along the way. Uh, yeah. Is that not a, cat, uh, a character that he, for some reason, seems to play ad nauseum over and over and over again? I tried to think of a movie in which this is... this this sort of description could not be used to describe his... Uh, I guess you could, could call it his character arc over the course of the movie, and I could not think of one. Ooh, ooh. That uh, is as good a place as any, because... I'm not saying it doesn't exist, it may, may very well. If you, listening to this, can't think of a movie in which um, that sort of grumpy guy turns at least less grumpy guy by the end of the movie, played by Tommy Lee Jones, let me know. You can do so to the address provided in the closing credits, or you can tweet at me, I am Jordan underscore Maywood. I would love to hear from you. Darius, I'm in the pictures. Oh, God, I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head now. I mean, the picture's darling. Come see me. Tommy Lee is in this picture. Go see him. Uh, I really like this movie. (laughs) I kind of vaguely remembered it, but this was a movie that, uh, I think I mentioned this morning, actually, that I will occasionally just go into Netflix and rate movies that I've seen. I had a rating of three on this movie, because I remembered seeing it, but not really what it was about too much. So I just kind of went middle-of-the-road kind of deal. However, after re-watching this, I'm going to go four. Yeah. It delighted and entertained me for very, very many reasons, not least of which is Tommy Lee Jones moving in to a house full of cheerleaders. What? Yes. Let's just boil down the premise, and that's it right there. Basically, Tommy Lee Jones is a sort of grizzled... That's another thing. He's always grizzled. Grizzled, um, sheriff, kind of sheriff. A, uh, a Texas Ranger kind of dude. His partner is murdered. Oh, no. That is horrible. And from then on, it's sort of a tale of him trying to get revenge on the murderer. The murderer, who no one knows who it is, however, this murder committed by the murderer was witnessed by a group of uh, cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. So what do you do, of course? You put these uh, cheerleaders, I think it's six of them, these group of cheerleaders into a witness relocation sort of program, and um, of course, you move in with them. (laughs) That goes without saying. Why would you do anything but that? <laughs> uh, genius. Genius. See, we had comedies like that back in, what do I assume this was the 90s, although I don't think it was. Tommy Lee Jones does not, however, and sort of unfortunately does not, play a, um, he plays like a sort of button-down, doesn't want to have fun, as I mentioned. Let's make sure these scantily clad girls are now clad more. So, for example... 
they're all sort of walking around in very skimpy, revealing clothing. Uh, perhaps one of the reasons I enjoy the movie. I'm not saying that outright, but to say perhaps. Uh, so he buys, like, a giant air conditioner and cranks it up, forcing them to dress a little more reasonably in front of him. Jeez. I only wrote down the name of one of the cheerleaders. Her name is Paula Garcia's. I wrote her name down because, for me, from my point of view, my opinion, she was the hottest one. So, what you could do, further audience participation, check out the IMDB for this movie and decide for yourself which of these cheerleaders is the hottest and let me know. Hmm, that's probably more for the men than the women. Although, I'm not judging women too, let me know what you think. Coming down again, if you could not tell. Harder than ever. So, uh, Tommy Lee Jones ends up meeting one of the girls' teachers, and they sort of develop a relationship. Uh, there's a scene in which uh, it's kind of a montage. you got to have a montage. And I love a 90s-style montage of uh, the girls sort of getting him ready for his big date. And then uh, they do kind of a Cyrano de Bergerac where uh, they get the FBI earpiece going where they can talk to him and give him pointers on his date. Uh, I should just say on that note, perhaps, that the end of the movie, spoiler, is sort of not after credits, but after action. Tommy Lee Jones and this girl get married. Uh, oh, uh, the, the preacher, the priest who marries them is none other than Mr. Cedric the Entertainer. He's got a, a, not a giant role, but probably after Tommy Lee Jones and the cheerleaders and this girl he marries eventually, he's the next highest as far as role size. He's very, very funny in this, actually. The sort of, the sort of uh, interaction between Tommy Lee Jones and Cedric the Entertainer is pretty funny, and I enjoyed that. Uh, I have been able to not spoil, basically, the movie, as far as, you know, who done it and stuff like that. That being said, it's pretty obvious. You, you know almost right off the bat who the bad guy is. They don't try to hide it, which... Eh, it doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do, but hey, it's called Man of the House, and it's Tommy Lee Jones living with cheerleaders. What more do you want? How did this movie... It kind of went under the radar, I feel like. Uh, the other sort of story going on at the same time is that Tommy Lee Jones has a daughter about the same age as these girls, and they've sort of become estranged because of he is constantly working. And... Because of the the, uh, the girls he's living with, sort of finding out about his daughter and learning that he's not such a bad guy after all, uh, that relationship is fixed. Oh, adorable. Heartwarming comedy. And let's not forget, most importantly, Tommy Lee Jones living with a group of cheerleaders people. Ah, I, I could just have said that and nothing more. And then said, as I do to end the podcast, that it is nice to be nice to the nigh. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.